Love this podcast? Support this show through the ACAST supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. This is the Horror Shots Podcast. Hello again, and welcome to another Horror Shots Podcast with me, Casey. I know it's been ages since I've been on here. I uh, call this season two. Does that sound good to you? I think that sounds pretty good. Season two of the Horror Shots podcast. Now, let me tell you what I've been up to for the past, oh, what, has it been three, six months since I last put out a, a cast? Things are going to change a little bit. I don't have the time or resources right now to do the in-depth research that I had been doing in the past. I really want to get back to it, but... Just not right now. It's not the right time. I still want to keep doing the podcast, so there's so much fun. And I really enjoy interacting with you guys on Twitter and on Instagram and on my website and wherever you guys listen. It's really great. Even though it has been a while since I've put out anything, they've still been getting solid listens and downloads on Spotify and wherever you guys listen to podcasts. So it's been very, very, very awesome. So thank you for keeping up with this, even though I haven't been. But uh, what I've been doing lately has been a bit of a career change, and I still would love to do this, or one of my creative endeavors anyway, which includes some photography and a little bit more writing. I've been working on a sequel to the Necromancer series called Necromancy and the Quest for the Tongue-Tied Cherry. Yes, it's a little bit of a tongue twister of a title, if you want to go into pun territory. But it's been a fun write so far. I've only been at it for about five days, but I'm almost 20,000 words in, and I'm pretty excited to where this is going. I'm finding it a lot easier to write this one than I have any other book I've written before. That includes Lizzie or the first necromancy book. But the photography aspect, and you may have, uh, you know, seen a little bit of it before when I had the Wix site. I think it was the Wix site. Maybe it's the WordPress site. Either way, when I decided I was going to kind of pursue the horror photography a little bit more, I decided to bite the bullet and get a full-on website, and you can check that out at horrorshots.com. And if you do, be sure to subscribe to the mailing list because you get a free digital version of, yeah, that's right, necromancy and other mystical things. You get a PDF copy, gets sent directly to your inbox. You just got to click a link and it takes you to Google Drive. There you go. You get the, the file. You can download it from there. It's a PDF, so you can read it on pretty much anything from your phone to a tablet to your computer. I'm really looking forward to hearing what you guys have to say about that book. And hopefully I'm not wasting my time writing a second one. But I did get a little bit off track there and went right back to the writing, even though the photography has been a little bit more of a passion project as of late. I've been really getting into sort of costumes and special effects makeup and all that kind of fun stuff. And I just really have been putting a lot of heart and soul into it. And I really hope it's turning out as well as it looks in my mind. I'm kind of biased towards, you know, how it looks on the screen. Sometimes I love it. Sometimes I hate it. I've done a bunch of different things from, you know, like a, a patient a psychiatric patient to a scarecrow and some steampunk in there as well. So I, I've been trying to get as much variety as possible. And I really hope you dig it. Again, that's horrorshots.com. Of course, my Patreon is still up. If you ever feel like donating a little bit monthly to the cause, upgrade that equipment, get some better mics in here, get some better photography equipment. Cameras are expensive. I make minimum wage at my job. So life is a little bit... Uh, tight at the moment and i still want to produce all this stuff for you guys to enjoy and you can find that at patreon.com slash horror shots 
But onto the cast today, all this talk of, you know, art and writing and creativity has really got me in the mood to look at art in horror. Now, you may not think initially that there's a lot of artistic value in horror. There's a lot of blood. There's a lot of gore. Sure, there's some creative kills in movies and stuff once in a while, but I'm talking about the beauty behind something horrifying or terrifying or scary or whatever. All you have to do is look back in history. There's tons and tons of paintings that depict mental illness, hell, demons, uh, even heaven depicted as like almost like a hellscape at times. You can look at artists like William Blake, and which was made famous in the the Red Dragon book and subsequent movie. It's the stable and everybody knows it. You see the big wings and the man body and it's a very powerful piece. And I'm no painter. I'm not an artist. I don't see things in that way. I don't get the visual representation, but I can really appreciate how it looks and what must have drawn this artist to concoct such a masterpiece of a painting. And it goes even farther than that back into the religious days when these visions of hell and purgatory and the seven levels of hell were shown in painting form because they didn't have photography they didn't have movies to sort of showcase what was in their minds at the time and this is what they thought about in religion as i've discussed countless times in the past has played a huge role in how society has developed into what it is today and back then pretty much everything was about religion including the artwork now today there's obviously many many more artists out there who depict horror or terror in different ways from things like photoshopping disturbing images together like slenderman or you know jeff the killer there's a whole bunch of creepypastas out there which could be misconstrued as art in a certain way and i totally respect that uh, deviant art has countless independent artists out there who sketch their their dreams out and they show what maybe their anguish is their personal demons and they put it on paper and that's that's horror that's what that that's exactly what that is that's in essence horror personified because it is so personal now when i take these pictures i kind of capture what's in my imagination i don't pick things that necessarily scare me it doesn't work that way i don't get scared by a whole lot of things but some of these images after i look at them I'm like yeah that's that's exactly what i was going for and when horror or art in general becomes a personal project like that, it's very, very easy to see the merit in it. Now, a lot of people think horror is just kind of a passe thing. It's a fun little thing to watch on a Friday night when it's raining in the middle of fall, and the only appropriate time to watch a horror movie is during Halloween. I completely disagree with that. I watch horror movies and read horror books all over the year it doesn't matter the season yes the atmosphere does help a little bit when it's rainy and dark and a little bit lonely like the time i watched the strangers when i was dog sitting for my grandfather in a house in the middle of the woods in the middle of nowhere that was a bad idea that might have been the last time i was truly terrified i i remember shaking when the dog barked at a shadow in the window which turned out to be a raccoon but nonetheless i was completely and utterly terrified for my life but that's just the way it goes when you get really into something. And that's, again, the beauty of horror is it grabs onto that primal emotion, that fight or flight. And chances are you're going to fly. It's, it's a flight emotion you're feeling because when you're face to face with an unknown, that's when terror really, really strikes. 
Now, I don't mean legitimate terror or being legitimately scared for your life, not like, you know, a victim of an actual attack of some kind. I'm not comparing the two at all, and I would totally not blame anybody who's ever been the victim of anything to not enjoy horror movies or being scared because PTSD and flashbacks and all those psychological issues that come along with being a victim. I'm talking about haunted house kind of fun. And I mentioned earlier that I read horror books and I watch horror movies all throughout the year, which is very true. And and I've been reading Clive Barker and some old Stephen King and It got me thinking just how artistic those books are with their descriptions and their creativity when it comes to the paranormal or supernatural or, in Stephen King's case, creating an entire region in Maine. It's Maine is a real place, but the places within his books are fiction, but they feel very, very real. And you just become a part of it, and that's what, again, art is all about. Being a part of something, taking somebody's own hard work and putting yourself in those places, that's really where these things become art. Just doing something for the sake of doing it doesn't necessarily constitute art. And I would argue any day of the week that a well-scripted or well-structured short story that has all the elements you need to make a good story is more of an art piece than anything in a museum. I've seen some pieces in museums and it was literally a toothpick and a styrofoam ball. Now, again, art is very subjective, and I'm not one to argue and say that artist is a, a, a scam. It's, it's not real because maybe it was. And that's exactly what the artist was trying to accomplish. And I don't get it. But that doesn't mean it's not art. But I just find there's more artistic value in other things, such as writing, which is a very overlooked and underappreciated art form, I would say. Not underappreciated in saying that, you know, it's not a lot of hard work that goes into these artistic projects, such as a novel or a short story or a novella or whatever the case may be, even a script. Because all the visuals of a script, and I'm going to go into scripts for a second, all the visuals of a movie come from a script. So the art that the movie is comes from the art of the writing. And you don't often hear writers really classifying themselves as artists too often. At least I don't. I don't classify myself necessarily as an artist, maybe a photographer or a writer, but I wouldn't classify myself as an artist. And I'm trying to break myself out of that mold because writing is art. It's creating. It's creating a whole entire world. Now, would I say necromancy and other mystical things is a masterpiece of art? No, not at all. There's far better books out there, but it's my art. And anybody who says it's not is very closed-minded, I would say maybe even ignorant to the fact of what art is. And just because it has elements of horror and comedy, which are two, again, not very respected, quote-unquote respected, fields in the art community, it is still art. If you enjoy it and you can feel something from it, it is art. Now, I'm getting a little off-topic here. I'm, I'm not quite portraying the whole artistic value of horror. And I'm saying art a whole lot in this podcast, which... I apologize for, I'm kind of winging it here, didn't write a script, which is what I usually do, but you get the idea of what I'm trying to get across. Now, art has been a part of horror, and horror has been a part of art for years. What other market or whatever genre of movie have you ever come across that has as much special effect? I mean practical effects, not CGI. We'll get into CGI in just a little bit, but practical effects. Maybe some fantasy movies. Maybe something like Lord of the Rings tops out horror movies in terms of practical effects. But when it comes to straight up makeup 
which is artistry, people, that is artistry, to create a monster or to create even a flesh wound takes a certain pizzazz, it takes a certain touch, which not a lot of people have. And I really respect makeup artists and special effects artists because those guys, they take a 2D drawing, which was usually conceptualized in their brain, sculpt it into a 3D piece, mold it, and apply it a 2D version of the 3D version back onto a different 3D version in the form of a mask or a putty or a mold. It's incredible. There used to be a show on sci-fi or space here in Canada where a bunch of makeup artists or up-and-coming makeup artists came together to compete for a contract or for a spot on a uh, production of some kind and it was all makeup artists and they they created their own visions and it was one of those knockout shows like master chef and they had judges who would vote them on or off and i loved that show it was the only reality show i think i've ever watched and i really enjoyed it it was a lot of fun i got really into it watching these processes and the way people go about creating their very own monster it was fascinating. And as for as much as I can write that out and describe exactly what I'm thinking, I could never reproduce that because I can't draw. And that's something I've always wanted to learn how to do, but I think that ship has sailed. If you've ever seen my drawings, I can't draw a stick figure to save my life. I digress. There's more to that, maybe on a different podcast or maybe with the therapist. If any of you have a psychology degree, hit me up. I'm sure you would love to study what's going on in this brain. But those are types of things that I'm talking about there with the makeup and the special effects and the acting. All that together becomes a masterpiece, but it starts with the blueprint of a script, which a writer, a creator, an artist threw together for a single purpose. And I mentioned before that I wasn't really classifying CGI in there, but those are artists too. They're graphical artists, which I know very, very little about, so I'm not even going to touch that. I'm sure it looks pretty, and I know it looks pretty. I've seen movies. The Avengers movies look fantastic. All the Marvel movies are very pretty to look at. Not a whole lot of substance there, but they're there, and they look visually impressive. But I'm always drawn to special effects of the practical nature. I would take a legitimate plastic head exploding on screen, no matter how poor it translates onto film or onto the screen, over a CG model blowing up any day of the week. It's just not as fun. And you know the people who were on set at the time of whatever it is, the, the, the chest bursting out in Alien, for example. You know those people have a story to tell. When it's all digitally enhanced, there's no story. It's a digital artist going, do, 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 and boom. And that's what you get. That's what you got on film right there. It's not conceptualized the same way. And I really appreciate what they do, but I will always, like I said, go for practical effects because it's a little more artistic in nature, I feel, anyway. The moral of this podcast, and I use moral very, very loosely because it's not a moral, it's more of a theme, has been to think about these artistic endeavors in different ways. What is art to one person may or may not be art to another. And just because I enjoy taking pictures of people in crazy makeup or costumes doesn't make me any less of a photographer than, say, an editorial photographer. I do still think it makes me more of a photographer than a wedding photographer, but I'll get onto that in a different day. I'm kidding. Wedding photographers, that's their job. It's a very hard and stressful job because you have one chance. You have one chance to catch a lot of these moments, and you can't redo the day. You lose that data, everything came out blurry, whatever, it's over. 
your reputation's done, you never get another client, and you have to go end up working at Walmart because your photography career just went down the drain. But I would never want to shoot weddings anyway because I don't find them overly exciting. I find them a little bit boring, to be completely honest. It's the same poses, same people, so to speak, every single time. It's still art because it's being created, but it's very artificial. I really enjoy shooting images that will stick with people. And although I don't get all the likes in the world, I don't get the same amount of likes as somebody who, you know, has a waterfall every other day as a picture from around the world because they're a traveler and they can do that. I don't enjoy that. That's not me. I really enjoy shooting the macabre and the terrifying and something that's really going to stick with people, even if it only gets six or seven likes on Instagram. I was still able to say that I put out my own work out there, and that's exactly what I want to do. And I'm sure a lot of you have your own projects and passions that you strive to create and morph into something real every single day, and I would love nothing more than to see or hear about those. So please, 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 please shoot me an email with whatever you have going on right now, and I'll feature it on the next podcast about what you're working on. I want to know what you're working on be it writing, drawing, painting, photography, a movie. If you have a, an indie movie that you're shooting right now and it's a horror-based movie, let me know, or a fantasy-based, or sci-fi, or something. I want to know about it. And I'll tell everybody about it. Share the links to your work and all that in the descriptions of the podcast. And you can do that by sending me an email at horrorshotspodcast at gmail.com or hitting up my website at horrorshots.com and just hitting the contact form there for some more options i guess it goes to the same email but those are my thoughts let me know what you think about horror and art and creativity in general and maybe you disagree with me completely and that is 100 percent okay it's great to talk about these sort of things and get a different perspective on how other people feel and think on the subject because it is so subjective but that's going to be it for me i'm running on about 20 minutes now and i'd really 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 like to get into some writing of my own for the rest of the night before you know, I go to bed. Now, I'm hoping that this is going to be a regular thing and get back to my Tuesday schedule where I can just, you know, talk with you guys at least once a week. And hopefully you guys talk back because I would really, really enjoy getting a conversation going about whatever it is. I'm still super open to terrifying stories that you have, maybe a ghost encounter, an alien encounter, or some sort of cryptid encounter or any kind of encounter. Let me know. I want to know. And I want to share your stories with everybody who's listening. Because what's more fun than sharing, especially anecdotal encounters? Until then, be sure to check out horrorshots.com or my Instagram at horrorshotsphotography or my Twitter at horrorshotspod. Any one of those, you can contact me. I check them all every minute of every day. I'm always on my phone unless I'm asleep. So there you go. Until next time. I hope you enjoyed this comeback episode. I really enjoyed getting back behind the mic. Have a fantastic day.